before we, we begin, let us bow our heads once again. Gracious God of heaven, we are here gathered together as children of the kingdom. And Father, we recognize that this is not just an ordinary day, but this is your blessed holy Sabbath. And Father, we ask for a special blessing this morning. We ask that you may speak to every heart and to every mind under the sound of my voice. And Father, we understand it is not about the person. It is not about the instrument, but it is about your message and your spirit. And this is why, Lord, I plead that your spirit may fall upon us this morning. And throughout the activities of the day, that your spirit may convict and convert. Please, Father, answer our prayer this Sabbath day, lest we perish. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, chapter 13. Matthew, chapter 13. We read this for the scripture reading, but it bears repeating. Matthew, chapter 13, verse 45 and 46. And when you get there, please say amen. Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when, we, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Jesus shares this very, very important parable. And yet in Scripture, it is merely two verses long. And yet so often we are tempted to read through this quickly and to not take the words of Christ seriously. But this morning, by the grace of God, we will unpack the significance of this parable. Jesus begins by talking about what kind of man, what kind of profession. He's a merchant man. Or in the modern vernacular, we might call him a what? A businessman, right? And this merchant man has a special business. What is his business? Verse 45, seeking what? Goodly. Let's try that again. Seeking goodly pearls. Much better. And so this businessman has this business. And in his business, his sole objective is to find good pearls. And the Bible says that when this man finds, notice this, 
one pearl of great price. That he takes everything that he has, he sells it so that he can buy this one pearl. Very, very interesting. This businessman, who is in the business of finding pearls, of finding many wonderful, beautiful pearls, when he finds one pearl, how many pearls? One pearl. He finds that this one pearl is so valuable, is so special, that he is willing, notice what the Bible says, to go and sell all that he has. Can you imagine? Having a business, and what your objective was to find pearls all throughout the land, and yet just upon stumbling upon one pearl, not two, not three, but one pearl, you make the decision to take everything that you possess, your wardrobe, your nice car, your bank account, and whatever may be in there. Every single thing that you possess, all that you have, and you sell everything so that you can obtain this one pearl of great price. The Bible is very clear as to the meaning of this pearl. You see, all of us, are searching like this merchant man. And we're looking for things that will bring us joy and satisfaction. We're looking for something that will appease the longings of our heart. We're looking for something that will make us happy and content. And so we search for many, for many goodly pearls. But the Bible says, like this merchant man, that if we were to find this one pearl, the response that we would have is a manifest willingness. Now, listen carefully. A willingness to give up everything. How much? How much? Everything for that one pearl. Turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 2 real quickly. Colossians chapter 2. Notice what the Bible says regarding Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 2. When you get there, please say amen. The Word of God says, in fact, let's begin with verse 1. For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, verse 2, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery 
of God and of the Father and of who? Christ. Verse 3, referring to Christ. In whom, the Bible says, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You see, brothers and sisters, the Bible is very clear. In Jesus Christ, and in Jesus alone, is hid all of the treasures, all of the wealth and splendor of wisdom and knowledge. In who? Jesus Christ. And so when we think about the parable of the pearl of great price, we must understand that when this merchant man finds this great pearl of great price, he finds Jesus Christ. Because it is only in Jesus can, that we can find all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It is in Jesus and Jesus alone that we can find the satisfaction that our soul so longs and desires after. Jesus Christ is the pearl of great price. Amen? Amen. Is there anything else greater than Jesus? Yes or no? Is there anything else of more value than Jesus? Is there anything else that can bring us true joy and true happiness in this life? No. Jesus is the pearl of great price. And the thing I find most interesting about that parable in Matthew 13, verse 45 and 46 is the response of the merchant man. You see, the Bible says very clearly that when the merchant man finds this great pearl of great price, which represents Jesus Christ, which represents the riches of the gospel, the Bible says that he goes and sells all that he had just so he could obtain this one pearl. How many of us are willing to do the same? How many of us here are actually willing to give up everything in our lives? And we're not just talking about things that you don't desire. We're not talking about bills and student loans and this sort of thing. I'm sure you want to give those up. But when the man sells all that he possesses, he gives up even those things which are most important and dearest to him. You see, Jesus is so valuable. Jesus is so wonderful that in order to obtain this pearl of great price, we must be willing to make room 
for him. We must be willing to surrender everything. Surrender how much? Everything. And we know this is much easier said than done. We know that for so long we have heard that song, I surrender all. And yet when we come to church, it is so interesting that we are dressing after the fashions of the world. And yet we say, I surrender all. And it's so interesting that we can come to church Sabbath after Sabbath, and yet throughout the rest of the week, our lives are no different than that of a worldling. The way we talk. The way we conduct ourselves. Our overt interest in the opposite sex. Even the things that we eat. And yet we say, I surrender all. Beloved, the Bible is clear. While we cannot earn salvation... While there is no way we can somehow work our way to heaven, the Bible is very clear that if we are to seek for this pearl of great price, we must be willing to abandon everything in this world for it. I want to read you a statement. We don't have much time here this morning. But I want to read you a statement found in a very powerful book called Christ Object Lessons, written by Ellen G. White. And in Christ Object Lessons, we find a very powerful yet sobering quotation. Christ Object Lessons, page 118. Notice what the pen of inspiration says regarding this parable. She writes, There are some who seem to be always seeking for the heavenly pearl. But they do not make an entire surrender of their wrong habits. It's pretty serious, huh? There are people professed Christians, professed Seventh-day Adventists who always seem to be seeking after this pearl of great price. But unfortunately, many professed Christians, many professed Sabbath keepers do not make an entire surrender of the wrong habits. She goes on to write, they do not die to self, that Christ may live in them. Therefore, they do not find the precious pearl. They do not take up the cross and follow Christ in the path of self-denial and sacrifice. And then she writes something that is very, very startling. Two sentences. Listen carefully. Almost Christians, yet not fully Christians. They seem near the kingdom of heaven, but they 
cannot enter there. Now listen to this next sentence. Almost, but not wholly saved, means to be not almost, but wholly lost. Mercy is right. You see, there are many professed Christians. And let's be honest. This certainly certainly includes Seventh-day Adventists. Many professed Christians who on the one hand seem to always seek for this pearl of great price, who on the one hand seem to be interested in spiritual things, seem to have a desire for Christ, And yet because they are not willing to make the entire surrender, because they are not willing to give everything to Jesus so they can obtain this precious pearl of great price, they fail to take up the cross and follow Jesus. And those two sentences, I have to read it again. Almost Christians yet not fully Christians. They seem near the kingdom of heaven, but they cannot enter there. Almost, but not wholly saved, means to be not almost, but wholly lost. Is that serious? Amen? Beloved, There is no such thing as being an almost Christian. There is no such thing as being almost Seventh-day Adventist. In the same way that there was no such thing as almost getting on board the ark in Noah's day. With God, with Christ, it is either all or nothing. There is no middle ground. There is no spiritual Switzerland. There is no such thing as sitting on the fence. Why? Because the devil owns the fence. With Jesus, we must make a clear and decisive decision to surrender all or to surrender nothing. The experience that many of our people have is that of an almost Christian. We come to church on Sabbath. We refrain from eating pork and other unclean meats. We may even refrain from wearing jewelry and immodest clothing. Amen. But, unless we truly give Christ all that we possess and all that we are, unless we are willing to surrender everything, our efforts to obtain the pearl of great price will be in vain. Because of time restraints, I'm going to give you five examples of people who are willing to surrender everything for this pearl of great price. Patriarchs and Prophets speaks to us about a man named Enoch. 
the pen of inspiration writes that Enoch is a symbol, is an example of the state of holiness which God's people will possess right before the second coming. Amen? And concerning the life of Enoch, the Bible is very clear. Enoch walked with God. You see, even though Enoch was physically on the earth, even though he lived in the midst of idolatry and corruption, Enoch had his mind on things above and not on things on this earth. And Enoch is a symbol of the state of holiness and purity which we as God's people must attain in this time. Simply put, we must be willing to surrender everything like Enoch. Prophets and Kings tells us about a man named Elijah. Elijah, like Enoch, lived in the midst of idolatry and great apostasy. Elijah lived in the time in which the church was corrupt and the powers of the government had become one. Elijah lived in the midst in which God's people were given completely to idolatry. And the Bible tells us that Elijah was different than the rest. Elijah was a reformer in the fullest sense of the word. Elijah rebuked the prevailing iniquity of sin in the midst of God's people. Elijah was faithful in the midst of great apostasy. The desire of ages tells us about a man who did not live in the city but lived in the country. And this man had a strict diet. He dressed differently than the rest of the people. This man went by the name of John the Baptist. And the spirit of prophecy tells us that John the Baptist is his example of the way God's people are to live in these last days. The pen of inspiration tells us that John prepared the way for the people to accept Jesus. We too must follow in that example. We too must make the way of the Lord plain so that people will be ready at Jesus' second Acts of the Apostles tells us about the early church. It tells us that they came together. They prayed. They put away all their differences. They stopped worrying about who was the greatest. They made their wrongs right. And they got serious about yielding themselves to the power of God's Holy Spirit. And with great power, the message of Jesus Christ went to all the world in one generation. 
And finally, we have the great controversy. In the closing scenes of the great controversy, we learn about a very, very special group of people. In fact, they're so special that they're not really given a name. They're merely given a number. Anyone want to guess? 144,000. And the Bible tells us that these people are not defiled with women. They're not defiled with the doctrines of impure churches. They're not defiled with the sins of the world. The Bible tells us that these people, the 144,000, follow the Lamb whithersoever He goeth. Five examples of people throughout the ages that were willing to surrender everything so that they could obtain the pearl of great price and tell others to follow the same. Brothers and sisters, as we close this morning, I hope and pray that we will heed the warning and the admonishment of Christ That if we truly want to find this pearl of great price, we, like the merchant man, must be willing to give up everything. With Jesus, it is either all or nothing. This morning, I want to make a simple call. I recognize that you are here. And this shows your interest for spiritual things. Probably you have come from a Christian background or even more likely an Adventist background. No matter what the situation may be, all of us need that closer walk with Jesus. This morning I want to make a call for re-consecration. A call for rededication to Jesus Christ, the pearl of great price. Are we willing? Are we really willing to give up everything our ambitions, and our goals, our riches, are we really willing to surrender everything to Jesus? If that is your desire this morning, if you really desire this morning to surrender everything that you have and everything that you are to Jesus, I ask that you stand to your feet as we close in prayer. Gracious God of heaven, 
Father, you and you alone possess the ability to read the hearts of men. And you know, Father, the struggles and the trials and the temptations in which your people have to endure on a daily basis. And Father, we ask that you would make us willing. Willing to forego everything that this world has to offer. Willing to give up the pleasures and the lust of sin. Willing to surrender everything to Jesus. Father, we ask that even if we are not willing yet, that you will make us willing to be willing. Please, Lord, save your people. Bring us up. Dwell in our hearts. Mold us and make us so that we can reflect your perfect character. So that we can be like Jesus Christ. Father, I ask that you please speak to your children, comfort them, and empower them with that same spirit that was manifested in your faithful people of old. May we follow the example of Elijah, of Enoch, of John, the early church. And may we be like the 144,000 that are willing to follow the Lamb whithersoever He goeth. Hear our prayer this morning, Lord. Strengthen us and empower us so that we can be faithful and so that we can show others the way of salvation. May your purpose be fulfilled in our lives, for this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.